five, four, three, two, one. We have podcast. We have podcast. That Michael Show, boy. Michael Show's the man. The Michael Show. Michael Show. show. Michael Show is a The real... Michael Show. Michael Show's a decent guy. Oh, he's so cute! And look who keeps coming back for more. Thank you for downloading The Michael Show. As always, you can download The Michael Show on iTunes and find all things Michael at themichaelshowpodcast.com. And hey, you're hanging out on iTunes and you're downloading The Michael Show. Why not just hang out for a couple more seconds? Leave some comments, leave some ratings, and definitely, definitely hit that subscribe button so you can get all the episodes of The Michael Show as they're downloaded to your iTunes weekly. Now, we live in a glorious time. We, we really, really do. When, if you were to go back in time and to sit down a young 12-year-old Michael and say, Michael, in the future, you know, 20 years from now, 2032, you know, 20, 2015, whatever, 15 years from now, 18 years from now, whatever, let's give it a decade and a half. You're going to be able to go to the movie theaters. And not only see Batman on the big screen, which, you know, been there, done that, Superman on the big screen, but there's going to be an Avengers movie one day. There's going to be Captain America and Thor and Iron Man. Ant-Man will have his own movie. The Justice League of America will have a movie. And I would have just looked at you and laughed and said, you know what? You're crazy. Because at that time... A big Justice League-esque movie was this retarded hack stuff they tried to pull where they had Guy Gardner, Ice, Martian Manhunter, where they had like some crappy CBS made-for-TV movie Justice League. I don't think ever even was released. You would have been bonkers. We live in a glorious time because of the fact that there are Avengers movies. Blade, freaking Blade has his own movie franchise. Ant-Man, Ant-Fucking-Man is going to have his own big screen cinematic movie. Ant-Man, just let that second sit in for a second. Now, that could be a positive or negative thing where it's like, Ant-Man, what the hell is that? Or it could be a positive thing because of the fact that they are using this vaults of characters that they have to make these great, glorious movies to bring these characters off the pages and to create these essential masterpieces. They're doing a good job, and this is a great time. This is the peak before things start falling apart. But yes, eventually we will get to a point where these movies will derail. And they will become piles of crap. We'll be able to see Avengers number 4 and be like, Oh my god, I can't believe that's what they did. And the whole franchise is ruined to the point that... We still live in the glorious age that fast forward 10 years, fast forward 5 years or whatever, we can see those dead franchises be revived into hopefully something better. So this is a good time if you are a comic fan when it comes to viewing these movies. Now, there's a lot of news we gotta get caught up on. 
everything from Superman, Batman. I mean, that's going to be the main focus of today. So much news, so much casting information that comes out. And I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Now, of course, what I'm talking about is The Man of Steel 2, which doesn't have an official title yet, but kind of like the popular one that's going around is Batman versus Superman. So if you don't want any spoilers, it's time to stop the podcast right now. Uh, well, thanks for downloading, but stop listening because spoilers are abundant. If you don't give two shits about Batman and Superman and all those guys, again, thanks for downloading, but the door exits stage left because that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I have high hopes for the Man of Steel 2. I was disappointed in Man of Steel 1. I thought it was a good movie, but it wasn't a Superman movie. Yes, I know the guy on the screen was wearing the Superman S. Yes, I know Lois Lane and and Zod and all those guys were in there. Daily Planet, Metropolis, Smallville, uh, Pete Ross, for God's sake, everyone was there. But it was not a Superman movie. Superman is a character of hope. Superman is a story of inspiration. Superman is basically Jesus wearing tights, flying around, saving the world, because that's what Superman does. Now, the critics and I guess the fans and a lot of people really didn't care too much for Superman Returns. I personally thought it was a great movie where Brandon Roth played Superman. I thought it did a great job at capturing who Superman as a character really is. Now, maybe the beats of the story were off, and I will admit there were some off parts, especially when you have a a two-and-a-half-hour movie and, and the main hero and the main villain interact for no more than five minutes. Well, that could be a problem. And I could also understand that it's a problem where it was basically a subplot of Superman being a deadbeat dad. Well, okay, fine. You know, let's look the other way when it comes to those two major plot things. But for the most part, it did a great job at capturing who Superman was. There was this great scene where there he is floating in the sky and it's just noise. But there's Superman up there floating in the stratosphere and he can literally hear the world and their prayers coming to him. So here's Jesus up there floating above the world, listening to the prayers of everyone out there. I need help. This is what I do. This is what I need. Da 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 da. And he is selecting which one, which prayers he feels are more worthy than the others. You can have two people screaming for help. One could be caught in a burning building that's on fire. Another person could be, you know, they drove off a bridge and their car is sinking into the river. Superman can only be at one place at one time. So whose prayers are more important? Whose does he answer? He cannot hesitate too much because instead of just one person dying, two people could die. To me, that is the essence of what Superman is. He is a freaking god on earth, listening to our prayers and deciding which ones he's going to answer and which ones he is going to ignore. The fact that Superman tries to hold down a civilian identity as Clark Kent, I do not understand it. He is there in a, in a newsroom. So he can be close to the action.
action so he can have his pulse on what's going on. He doesn't need a newsroom for that. He just needs to fly into stratosphere and open up his ears and he'll hear everything that's going on even faster than it would come up in a newsroom. But I understand why he does it because it humanizes him. There's something about going uh, to work, uh, riding his bicycle or riding a car or taking a bus when, yeah, he could as easily fly, but it's there to humanize him. He's in the office doing things he really doesn't want to do, but it humanizes him. It keeps him in touch with the people he is sworn to protect. That point I get, but one thing that is important to point out is there's Clark Kent. I don't know how many hours a day he works, eight hours, nine hours. You know, he got the commute thrown in there. It's 10 hours or whatever the case is. For those 10 hours that he is working, people are dying in the world. And he hears them dying. And he's ignoring them. When he goes home after work and spends time with Lois because he's married to her and he loves her. And in order for this marriage to work, sometimes there has to be a date night. There has to be a time where he goes home and makes love to his wife. There has to be times where he wakes up in the morning and brews coffee because that's what a married couple does. But every time he's there making love to his wife or every time he's there hearing his wife talk about her day and venting, there are people dying out there and he hears it. And he knows it. So that's why Superman is the hope figure that he is. He is freaking Jesus Christ on earth. That whole tirade right there is something the Man of Steel did not capture. It was a negative version of Superman. Superman was a jerk. Superman had no respect for property damage. Superman was a force of destruction rather than a force of hope. The whole movie as a whole was devoid of hope, which is the essence of what Superman is. Isn't that what he said the S symbol on his chest stood for? It stood for Kryptonian hope, but there was no hope, ironically, in this entire movie. Now, I walked away from Man of Steel thinking, uh, okay, for summer blockbusters, it gets a summer blockbuster B because of the fact that it delivered on what a blockbuster for summertime should be. There's explosions, there's fights, there's, ama there's amazing graphics, so on, etc. Fine, B for effort. But it wasn't a Superman story. And that's what I walked away feeling. But apparently, enough people liked it that they can continue with the Man of Steel 2. Now, when it comes to Man of Steel 2, I hope, and there's that word again, I hope they realize where they went wrong. And they try and reverse it so that the way they can embrace more of what Superman is supposed to represent. Now, when it comes to the Man of Steel 2, it's commonly referred to as Superman and Batman, there's been some big casting announcements for example not only do we know that alfred's going to be in the movie but we know who is going to play him alongside everyone else that's going to be there we're going to see jeremy irons as alfred bruce wayne's butler his confidant his father figure so on etc now when i find out that jeremy irons is going to be alfred 
that automatically gives me the vibe of what they're going. Now, they're not going with uh, the older British chaps that they did in the last two Batman incarnations. Uh, names are mesca- escaping me right now, but you know, the guy who played Alfred in, in The Dark Knight Rises, and there was the original Alfred in the Michael Keaton movies. Those were obviously older guys. The best things they could do is monitor duty. I think of Batman and Robin, the one that had George Clooney, a horrible movie. If you haven't seen it, don't ever see it. One scene that I thought kind of captured Alfred at his core was when he was dying or he was about to die, you know, he, he basically told Bruce and Dick that, you know what, I'm fine with dying. I had a great life. I mean, I was able to do amazing things. I mean, I'm, I'm the freaking caretaker of Batman, for God's sakes. But one of the biggest regrets that I have is that I couldn't go out there with you two. And I think that's one of the essence of what makes Alfred great. Because, yeah, he's a contributor. And, yes, he helps. And, oh, my God, Batman would not be Batman without his Alfred. However... He comes with his limitations. Now, when it comes to, you know, uh, Jeremy Irons' Alfred, I automatically get the vibe of where they're going. There's a book out there called Batman Year One, where basically it was a alternate take on Batman, how he would be in the real world or whatever the case is. Now, one of the plot changes that they did in there was when it came to Alfred, he wasn't so much the confidant figure as he was kind of like Bruce Wayne's trainer. They took another similar vibe to that when they had the uh, the the Beware the Batman, I think it was called. The cartoon on Cartoon Network where they had Batman as kind of like this. He's not this British guy. But he's like this. Hey, uh, you know, he's a uh, big, rough training. I mean, he could go out there and kick ass just as much, if not better than Batman. He was more of the trainer role. So to me, that's what I gather they're going to approach from this right here. Maybe that beware of the Batman, that Batman year one type Alfred. So there we go. Jeremy Irons as Alfred. I like the idea. I absolutely do. Now, when it comes to Alfred being in that role, I, you know, it's not the classic vibe. But you know what? It's great that they're able to take liberty sometimes and kind of spin the characters off from different angles. As long as they deliver, I think it's good to go. So when it comes to that right there, that's a positive note so far to lead a cast alongside Ben Affleck as Batman and all the other returning Man of Steel characters. Now we have some other Man of Steel 2 news coming up from castings of Wonder Woman, Lex fucking Luthor, as well as some spoilers that I found online of leaked spoilers of potential plots that they have in the movie that are pretty friggin' interesting. So why don't we take ourselves a brief intermission and we'll be back with more of our Man of Steel 2 geek Catholic extravaganza right after this. The Michael Show, the podcast nobody listens to except you. <laughs> Commission time. If leaving, please replace your inner car speaker before releasing brakes or starting motor. Do not back out. Drive to the aisle in front of you and exit. And now, for those remaining, it's intermission time. Time for that stretch you've been wanting. And best of all, time to take your pick from that scrumptious array of tasty treats waiting for you at the snack bar. Where the popcorn's poppin'. 
the cold drinks are sparkling, the hot dogs are sizzling, the coffee is steaming, and a luscious treasure of your favorite ice cream flavors as you like it served. And so much more to tempt any taste is waiting for you now at the snack bar. You'll be notified in plenty of time when the next show is about to begin. Now it's time for some plugs. I mean, you've heard me talk about these guys every single episode for months in and months out. So basically the bottom line is, is what's the excuse? Have you gone out to check out Sugar High Clothing? What Sugar High Clothing, you may ask? Well, they're a group of people who pride themselves with hand-drawn and digital designs that will, and I'm not blowing a load here and lying to you, they're going to wow you. Sugar High Clothing believes that everyone's sense of style differs, and they strive to set themselves apart to design in a variety of art forms, with shirts that range from $10 to $20, and of course, the premium products. Who doesn't have premium products? Like sweaters that cost up to $30. You go to the mall, you're going to drop $20 for a t-shirt, but fuck the mall. Go to the themichaelshowpodcast.com, click on the Sugar High Clothing banner, so you can get yourself something that's going to make you stand out from the rest. Sugar High Clothing and click that banner at themichaelshowpodcast.com. It's Morphin' Time! Saturday, February 15th, get ready for the Power Rangers like you've never seen them before. Let's power up! With new morphers. Super Megazords! New Megazords! Legendary Megazord ready! And the keys to unlock the power of every Ranger ever! Power Rangers Super Mega Force. Catch the legendary new season. Saturday, February 15th at 12, only on Nick. The Michaels Show and the U.S. Department of Education have come together to spotlight those outstanding teachers who shape our future leaders of tomorrow. Catherine Murray is a 30-year-old English teacher at Memorial Middle School in Spring Branch, Texas. She was charged with two counts of sexual assault with the 17-year-old student who she had a relationship for two years. The two were caught when the minor's younger brother caught them in bed while their parents were away. Catherine Murray, we salute you. Now back to The Michael Show. Hi, this is Rick Dees, right here with The Michael Show, the podcast nobody listens to, except for you. He is number one, right here, Kiss FM. All right, and we're back. So why don't we take ourselves a quick moment to give a plug. Go to iTunes, search 
out the Michael Show podcast and just simply hit that subscribe button. So that way you can get all new episodes of the Michael Show as they're downloaded to your iTunes weekly. And of course, please, please, I beg, I'll give blowjobs if I have to hit I don't know, what is it, the comment box? Yeah, leave a comment, leave some stars, hopefully five, but if you feel this only deserves one star, I don't care, I'll take it. So go to iTunes, do that now, and yeah, full steam ahead. So Jeremy Irons is Alfred, great. Wonder Woman, holy shit! There was a Wonder Woman cast. Not only was there a Wonder Woman casting, but Wonder fucking Woman's gonna be in the Man of Steel too. But what's even more exciting than that? We're going to get a full motion picture, big screen Wonder Woman. This is truly a glorious age that we live in. Now, when it comes to her casting, Gail Gadot, I hope I said that last name right, Gadot, uh, is going to be Wonder Woman. It's confirmed. She's Wonder Woman. In fact, she has the three Wonder Woman movie contract that she signed. So who is Gail Gabbat? Well, if you're a fan or a follower of the Fast and Furious franchise, she was in that movie. Did I see those movies? No, I'm not a fan. Am I going to go see them just to see Gail Gabbat in action? No, probably not. But I Googled her. I saw her pictures and I thought, okay. To me, that works as Wonder Woman. Now, I know for a while there's been rumor. I don't know if there were even rumors. It was probably just more fan hope or whatever the case was of Megan Fox being Wonder Woman. And I was not opposed to that idea. I thought Megan Fox captured a, a, a good portrayal of what Wonder Woman could be. Now, of course, that's the Michael of today. But let's go back to, let's say, 1990 or whatever the case was. If you were to ask me who would have been Wonder Woman, without a hesitation, I would have said, well, let's have a live action motion picture of Wonder Woman. And let's cast uh, Lucy Lawless from Xena. To me, that would have been the perfect Wonder Woman, too. Wonder Woman is that type of character where you can have that range. Of course, there's a difference between Lucy Lawless and and Megan Fox, and they both would have worked in their own ways. Gail Gabbat, don't know too much about her work, but you know what? I'm all for it. When they announced that casting right there... I just looked at her and pictured her with that tiara and that Wonder Woman outfit, and it works. Fan outrage was crazy. Oh, her tits aren't big enough to be Wonder Woman. You know what? From what I saw in those pictures, her tits were good enough. Other news. Oh, my gosh. This is big right here. And this one, 20 seconds of pause because I don't know what to say, is I'm... I, 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 yeah, my silence is speak huge levels right here. When Ben Affleck was cast at Batman, I was, that's great. I can see it. It works. Kevin Smith on his uh, podcast, Fat Man on Batman, has alleged that he has seen a picture of Ben Affleck in his Batman costume, and he said it's the most glorious thing he's ever seen. What he said was, if you're a Batman comic fan, you are going to embrace his look in this new incarnation because it is a tip of the hat to the fans and what they're used to in the comic movies. 
I don't know what it looks like, but you know what? I was all for Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought it was a great idea. In fact, when they announced other people, I kind of had some like, okay, but I kind of trust what they're trying to do. They're trying to craft the masterpiece over here. But I can't say I, I feel the same way in this regard. Lex Luthor is going to be the main bad guy in the Man of Steel 2. So who do they get? As Lex Luthor, well, there was a lot of rumors going around. I think his name is John Hamm. Uh, for sure it's Hamm. I don't know if it's John or whatever the case was. He's a guy from Mad Men. Was a rumor. He would get the role. Uh, Brian Cranston. Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. That would have been a great Lex Luthor, in my opinion. And that's who I was really hoping would get the role. Well, neither one of them got him. Hell, even a part of me was kind of hoping that, uh, that uh, oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot his name, but the guy who played Lex Luthor in uh, Man of, not Man of Steel, what am I talking about? Uh, Superman Returns. God, I can't remember his name. I was kind of hoping they'd bring him back, let him redeem himself. I thought he was a great Lex Luthor, but who did they get? Jesse Eisenberg. Who is Jesse Eisenberg? He was one of those guys in the Social Network movie. The Social Network. What was it called? Me social Media. The Facebook movie. I forgot what it was called. Whatever. whatever. So I didn't see the movie. I don't know. I forgot what it's called. I think it was called The Network or whatever. So he was in that Facebook movie. He's not Lex Luthor. I mean... What's next? Michael Sarah as the Joker? Or or that fat guy? You know, I don't know his name, but he was the the the, the guy at night at the museum, the fat security guy. You know who he is. I forget his name, but is he gonna be the penguin? I mean, Emma Stone is Catwoman? What what's going on here? Now, when I heard Jesse Eisenberg was gonna be Lex Luthor, my Spidey sense started tingling. You know, there was, you know, he he's not at all Lex Luthor. You know, he's not. He's just not Lex Luthor. Standing next to Superman, he's going to look like a little boy, and that's not who Lex Luthor is. But then it kind of hit me. Yeah, maybe he is going to be Lex Luthor, but maybe he's not going to be the real Lex Luthor. Now, when I look at Jesse Eisenberg... My spidey sense start tingling, and I look at his curly little hair, and I think to myself, he's more of an Alexander Luther. Now, who's Alexander Luther? Well, in the DC comic universe, they basically, you know, I don't want to say they pride themselves, they kind of get ashamed of their history sometimes, but there's a multiverse of uh, worlds out there. Parallel worlds. And on one of these worlds, everything's reversed. All the heroes are villains and all the villains are heroes. So obviously, on this Earth 3 or whatever it's called, Alexander Luther is the number one hero on Earth. He's Lex Luthor. He goes around and he saves the day from the evil crime syndicate who is the alternate evil version of the Justice League of America. Could that be who he's going to play? I mean, think about it. Avengers 2 is basically taking a nod of the cap from a recent miniseries that happened at Marvel Comics, The Age of Ultron. They even share the same name. So is it so far-fetched that Warner Brothers is kind of going to embrace this current miniseries going on at DC Comics of Forever Evil where many people suspect in the series, there's a mystery figure who is Alexander Luther, the hero of Earth 3. He's basically a younger version of Lex. He has hair. His 
curly red hair. So could that be a thing? I hope it is. And I hope it's a big surprise where he shows up and the movie ends with the real Lex Luthor and there's a bald Brian Cranston. That's my hope right there. So, so far, that's all the casting news. In addition to that, the movie has been delayed a little bit. Originally, it was going to come out in July of 2015. Well, now that has been changed to uh, 2016 in May, I think it is. So, there's a bit of a pause there. So, you know, there we go. So, 2016, great. They delayed it a little bit. They delayed it by 10 months. Well, good for them. You know why? Because that just means they can produce a better product. Now, here is where the gossip begins. Here is where the spoilers truly, truly begin. Needless to say, there are some major spoilers ahead, just in case that any of these things turn out to be true. But apparently, some spoiler plotline rumors have been leaked and they've been linked from Latino Review. So, Michael, come on, Michael. Latino Review? Really? Yes, Latino Review. But every time there's been a big casting uh, rumor that's just absolutely crazy and it turns out to be true, the Latino Review, a blog, a newspaper, a magazine, I don't know who the hell they are, but I've seen their name so many times, it always tends to be true. So anytime I see some type of spoiler or plot line or something leaks and the Latino review is associated with that, I don't tend to believe it 100%, but I'm more likely to listen it. Now listen to this right here. There are some potential spoilers for what could happen in Batman versus Superman. So you've been warned, the villains, okay, pause the podcast if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead. But the villains obviously are Lex Luthor, who we already know, Jesse Eisenberg, but apparently Metallo is going to be in the movie. I'm glad. I like Metallo. Metallo's the robot guy who opens up his chest and kryptonite shoots out and hurts Superman. So, spoiler number one. Spoiler number two, Batman, Batfleck, Ben Affleck. He forms a UN-type deal to stop Superman from destroying another city. That makes sense. Batman, here's Batman, established character on this earth, and he basically turned on the TV and sees Superman being this destructive little fuck of a bitch, destroying not only Metropolis, but Smallville. So, of course, Batman is a control freak. Oh, my God. I got to control this guy before he destroys another city. Do I necessarily care if he destroys another city? Well, probably not. But if one of those cities he's going to potentially destroy is Gotham, I got a problem here. So Batman is going to be the one who forms this UN-type deal. Maybe it could be started the Justice League. But here's another one right here. Aquaman. Apparently Aquaman is going to be in this movie too, but he will not be referred to as Aquaman. So where is his, his angle in the sequel to Man of Steel? Well, he's there because the world's engine. Remember, you know, there's that thing... And it was pumping between somewhere in the world and uh, and Metropolis. Well, the world engine did something to the ocean that is affecting the fish. So there you go. Aquaman's in the movie. There's been some rumors that uh, God, I can't remember his name. This is horrible right here. I should have I should have wrote all this stuff down before. But the guy from Lost who played Sawyer is rumored to have a role in this movie. But what is his role? No one really knows. If you ask me when I heard Sawyer was going to potentially be in this movie, Sawyer 
is fucking Aquaman. Especially the bearded guy. You know, when he's bearded. I mean, he would be an amazing Superman. Not only um, Superman, I'm sorry, uh, Aquaman. He would be a great Aquaman. But then there's also been some rumors that maybe he's the Flash. I see that too. And I think to myself, holy cow, he would be a great Flash. But then I look at him too and I think, oh my God, he'd be an awesome Green Arrow too. Whoever he is, I mean, I guess it just speaks to how talented he is. He can play these wide range of different characters, but I really hope that he's Aquaman. Another rumor, Wonder Woman, how she fits into this movie is she's going to be posing as a Wayne Enterprise investor to retrieve an item that belongs to her people. To me, I hope that's not something that they do. I hope Wonder Woman doesn't have this weird, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I hope they just don't follow the formula they followed to introduce Black Widow to the, the Avengers franchise. If Wonder Woman's going to be there, just give us fucking Wonder Woman. Don't give us this winged enterprise posing investor. Let's just go with it. Lex Luthor in this movie is going to be in the shadows a lot. He's going to be the main manipulator of what's going on. Not much face time with Superman. And if that's true right there, maybe that strengthens my suspicions a little bit. Eisenberg is going to come in here and be his Alexander Luther from the parallel world. And in the background, kind of like I was hoping for, Lex Luthor, possibly Brian Cranston, will make this big debut of, Now, let's deal with it. I'm Lex Luthor. Robin is apparently going to be in the movie, portrayed by Batman at some point, leading to a falling out between them. So maybe we won't see Robin, maybe we won't. he won't actually be in the movie, but there'll be nods to him. And the fact that that's there, that just strengthens what I hope there is. My hope is that they embrace this Batman family vibe of what's going on. Now apparently Batman in the movie, he's going to be uh, an established character. This is not Batman year one. This is like Batman year 15. Uh, there's been rumors that he's going to kind of be like the kingdom come Batman. You know, not as old, but he's going to be in his Batcave and basically controlling Gotham with his Batbots that fly around the city. I hope more than anything we see Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl in this movie. In addition to that Batcave I mentioned, there's going to be a super cool-looking mobile version of the Batcave, kind of similar to Burton, Tim Burton's Batman Batcave, which I thought was great. I want to see an awesome Batcave. Lois, her role in the movie, is she's going to be doing some investigation of Lex Luthor. The same old plot line. Of course that's what's going to be. Lois has to keep busy so she's going to be investigating Lex Luthor. Why could she be investigating him? Well, apparently there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a plot line where the Daily Planet is going to be bought by Lex Luthor for PR purposes. Makes sense. Building fell apart. Building got destroyed. Someone's got to rebuild it. Here comes Moneybag's Lex Luthor. Another plot line, Metallo is going to quote-unquote kill Clark Kent. So, okay, good. Like it? Good so far? No thoughts? Last one right here. At the end of the movie, Superman apparently is going to be living in exile. And the Justice League is a government-approved super team. So, there you go. Spoilers uh, plenty. Are any of these going to be true? I don't know. Probably not. But when it comes to this thing right here, I got to tell you, 
anytime I hear the Latino review attached to any rumors, it tends to be true. If those plot lines right there are true, some are great, some aren't, I'm just going to be happy to see the movie. Absolutely fucking lootly because we live in an amazing time. So on that note, why don't we get the hell out of here? iTunes, you know what to do. Hit subscribe. Facebook, you know what to do. Facebook.com slash The Michael Show Podcast. Twitter, at Mr. Michael Show. And of course, blah, 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 blah. So until next time, this is Michael for The Michael Show signing off.